What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all. It's the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape. You can listen to this show on any of SB Nation's NFC East blog podcast networks. You can, of course, watch on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel, the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Check out our podcast network. Subscribe. Leave a rating. Write a review. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to the team feed that you don't support, but go leave a rating. Go write a review. Those things really help us out. My name is RJ Cho from Blog and the Boys. His name is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. B-L-G. Happy April to you. Happy Friday, RJ. How's it going, my man? It's not a Friday. Don't do that. Stop that. <laughs> it's That's Tuesday. My intro. It's April fourth. It's it's Tuesday. It's April fourth. Um, and um, I have something. I have a take that I've been kind of meaning to Uh-oh. get off my chest. It's a little bit random, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Are you ready? Random. I think artificial, call it Zoom backgrounds, whatever, whatever platform you're using, are weird. Not a fan. I don't like Video the like the yeah. I don't like the grainy background, like the, or the grainy like tracing over over like a person's shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Like like the outline that that's a result of you know the superimposing that's happening. Like, and I'm kind of like I'm understanding if you're in a place or a setting or whatever, and <clears throat> and you want to like gloss it up a little bit, that's fine. But if you're like I want to be in outer space today or something like that. Right. <laughs> yeah i hate when that happens it's uh, a really bad the podcast network the podcast audience uh missing out uh that's why you got to check out the youtube uh side of things because i Brandon's try to do now, things this RJ, is like, that incorporate I'm, the. i'm talking to a brick wall i'm talking to a brick wall that's what what's yeah, this, happening right this is a familiar feeling isn't it <laughs> but look look how bad um, it is to your point like look behind my headphones here look how like dad right looks there like, if you take the time to get a green screen set up and things like that, like, by all means, go for it. Like, you know, live your life. Uh, great song. But, I mean, if you're just, like, throwing it up and now you're, like, I, that actually looks kind of real. This just because of the background. The, the, yeah, like, it looks more natural. Um, a lot of our, uh, a lot of people, one of our guys at, at BTB does this one for our roundtables. Um, so, you're not, and we've had the brick wall background, too. So, you're not doing anything unique. What is that? Is that just, like, a just the blur, blur effect? See, like, I'm kind of okay with that because at least you're not trying to lie to us. You know what I mean? Like with a background or whatever. But I'm just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird disconnect for me. You know? I think that's, the blur is good on, if, on. like, you know, if, like you have an important meeting or something, and like you have to be in a certain spot that just isn't ideal. Like maybe you're on vacation or traveling or whatever, and you kind of just don't want right. to, like, a messy room behind you, and you kind of just don't, you don't have the time to maybe set that up. So yeah, you kind of just put the blur on to to hide some of that. Um, but that's more of like a last resort thing um so this episode everyone has seen the title by now um is the non nfc east episode of the nfc east mixtape this was your idea which i agreed to um the other idea that you had which i didn't agree to was to mislead the audience for the entire thing and to be like we have a great show planned for you and just like talk what would appear to be off topic the entire time it's called i didn't want to do that not like intentionally i didn't want to have a false background like you have obviously you know signed up for with all the different things that you got going on it's called a bit, RJ. It's not. It's not like hey. Yeah, I but it would have been confusing. Audience. I like. I'm. I'm all about efficiency yeah, that's the and about making like streamlining things. I don't want any confusion. I don't. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've all got places to be. The people who give us their time. That, you know, I didn't want them to be confused and be like, "What's going on? I didn't get my NFC East news this week. I didn't find out that Darius Slay was interested in signing with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, so uh, Darius Slay <laughs> wanted to play with Lamar Jackson, Brandon's favorite quarterback. I mean, so who would have thought? You know, people would have missed out on that. They would have been confused. But he didn't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, there isn't a whole lot of actual juicy stuff going on in the division, which really in the sets league. up. Yeah, uh, we're in a little bit of a lull here between the end of free agency, basically, in terms of, you know, the big, big, exciting news. And then we are 
little less than four weeks out from the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, so, you know, the, the juice isn't quite there yet. Uh, we will certainly be getting into more draft talk in that as the weeks approach here. But I thought it'd be a nice time to kind of stop down in the dead zone and just talk about anything and everything. What's on your mind, RJ? Um, well, um, it is kind of a chill time. And it, it does, I don't, you know, the NFL doesn't necessarily like chill time. The NFL's like, oh, NBA, you have a moment. We're going to take that back right now. Um, so it feels like the NFL's like baseball. You want to have your opening day? That's fine. By the way, Brandon, imagine rooting for a baseball team that has yet to record a win this season. That's, I cannot imagine what that must be like. Uh, <laughs> so, it's very um, on brand for the most losingest team in <laughs> baseball and sports history. So can't say I'm shocked um, in that sense. Anyway, um, so yeah, baseball opening day is hap- opening week, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's the week of the Masters, right? Like the NFL is kind of letting everybody else breathe a little bit before they like fully come and totally strike. Um, the owners' meetings, I feel like, didn't even really generate use the word juice. Like last week was was not like a ton of stuff. Um, it, it was not Lamar even really and nothing big- else. <clears throat> it was Lamar, and then I feel like the biggest things going on in the league have been associated with the. I don't even call them like potential rule changes. Did we talk about? I read um, Kaylin Keeler's article on the Athletic. I don't know if we talked about this um, about the Eagles wanting to add fractional seconds to the, the game clock. I love yeah. that idea. Um, that would that that's the world that I want to live in. Um, so shout out to whoever it was, whether it's Howie or Nick, my guy. Um, I love that idea. I, I don't think it will ever come to pass. The NFL is so simplistic. Like they, they like things to be so plain sometimes that it's actually kind of mind-boggling um i was tweeting with bob Sturm from the athletic actually won the ticket um but um and, and talking about do you ever use the mlb app for anything no. other than Dude, like ins- tickets maybe when i go to the game i feel like you have to or something like that this is a different subject but it, it kind of relates like i guess you know we kind of talked a few weeks ago about like the pitch clock and like all these like things that baseball's trying but like the mlb app the mlb website um mlb tv compared to like the nfl app nfl website and nothing against the people who who create the content obviously for the nfl's website um but the nfl obviously nfl game pass like all those like systems and things are so difficult to use everything under the mlb's umbrella is incredible like like the mlb app the mlb website is a rabbit hole like you can totally completely get lost like researching information and finding little things and it's all connected it's wonderful um so that kind of goes back to the nfl being like you want fractional seconds whoa no way uh we deal in whole numbers around here people yeah i don't think that got approved if i'm not mistaken and um I heard some of the reason or read had read that some of the reason why there might be opposition to that, to your point about the, by the way, I feel like I need to stop saying that. And I need every podcaster to stop saying to your point has become this huge podcast phrase, which makes sense. But also I just feel like I it's a good segue. I, I'm, it's not a bad phrase. It's just the alarming use of the phrase is a little disturbing because I don't think people talk like that in real life. It's something that people say on podcasts a lot more than real life. Anyway, uh, tangent aside, uh, the clock issue in terms of the physical clocks in stadiums, there was like worry about right. owners being too cheap and not like willing to replace the the, the amazing double digit or whatever you know whatever the clocks or how many ever digits that there are. Um, to, the to clocks currently can't ha- not every clock in stadiums can right. handle the decimals is what you're saying. Right. That's right. and that's the problem. Like right. like, like how is this an issue in 2023? It's really amazing, but it is pretty arbitrary. Um, so that didn't uh, like you know like there's just different stadiums and different clock operators, and sometimes you can tell when you're watching a broadcast when one is slow and one is not. Like sometimes they'll be like. Mm-hmm you know, end of a game or end of a half, whatever. And there's like, let's say seven, eight, I don't know, seconds left. And it's like a field goal and they kick the field goal and the field goal goes through. But like the clock is still ticking as like the ball hits the net and goes to the ground. Cause they're obviously yeah, just want to get some, to the half. They're not going to like, yeah, so, so, save some it like let it ride. Right. They're not going to save it at one. Yeah, exactly. Like within this subject, something I, I don't understand if like why we can't do it is like, you know how sometimes um, when I don't know if it's like like a situation like that, like a team's like driving to try to get a field goal off and they run a play with like seven seconds left and they spike the ball and it looked like they spiked it with one second left on the game clock. But then they go in and the broadcast will superimpose a, a play clock that has decimals and has obviously mm-hmm. like fractional seconds. So like 
if that information is like is available and technically exists the entire time in the background, why can't we see it? You know what I mean? Like that, that is an important thing. So I, I don't understand, like that could change history. That could change the future. So I don't understand why um, we aren't doing that. What are your thoughts? Um, we didn't really talk about this last week because I'm fighting off a sneeze. I think I know your thoughts. I mean, I think we're both against this. Um, the Thursday night football flex scheduling um, that is like, it does seem like they're going to probably pass this through in, when they reconvene mm-hmm. in May, right? That's like what the tea leaves sort of suggest. That seems, I mean, I don't even say it seems like that is an obviously terrible idea with regards to player safety and, you know, common sense and fans and travel and things like Like, who is in favor of this outside of Amazon? In mm, the NFL, making money i don't know well um, yeah like that's a, a like a tangential part of it right i don't know i don't really have uh i mean i i don't, I don't think it makes sense i think everyone kind of agrees for the most part that doesn't make sense to, to it's just too short notice um a lot of people like build their uh, like like entire plans around going to these games in terms of like flying in getting the hotel going to this event like i just i think that's such a short amount of time to kind of it's not like um i don't know i don't know if it's comparable but it's just it's a big commitment going to an nfl game unlike other sports is this like really big it's like a like almost like religious it's event a trip. Or, yeah it's like a whole yeah. it's a whole thing it's, it's not just like oh casual like like baseball for example um you know there's 162 games oh we'll go to a baseball game you know like who, whatever like and if you go somewhere and one gets rained out, you can go to another one. It's just like, whatever. There's so many. There's only 16 or 17 now of these in the regular season each year. And I don't know. I mean, none of this matters because, again, they don't think in in the way of logic and what should happen in fan experience, which, I mean, hey, we talked about, I think, um, shout out to John Mara for actually putting out a good point on that. Right. Um, but he was the only one who like who was like the voice of the fans like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like saying like this is really and he actually it was, it was a little bit of like business touch in his statement because he was like this is really unfair to our season ticket holders mm-hmm. um which is true but um i i mean so my dad and i used to go to a, a cowboys road game every year we started going in 2014 uh we stopped uh in 2020 obviously and then right. ever since like you know uh, my wife and i had a baby and like just like sure. got a little bit more hectic um but so that first game we went to in 2014 was a thursday night game and so we like planned the whole weekend around it we went to chicago and we were like okay we're gonna go to the game on thursday night which we did mm-hmm. and then we stayed there through the weekend and enjoyed it whatever uh the next year we went to lambo and that game was on a sunday but like we bought flights and you know hotel and lambo i mean like every city and every nfl venue whatever has its own little things but like you know we i remember we parked um you've never been to lambo right no right so we parked on like i mean but you're obviously familiar with like the culture of green bay uh i've we looked parked it up on, on like these... google maps before because i thought that was really like you know just hearing how people talked about it and seeing it like it's... even on there was really like interesting and not what i had expected. it's super unique dude so we parked on somebody's like front lawn. You know what I mean? Like that's just yep. the like the culture and the vibe, yeah, right? There's houses like, right there, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so you know, and it and that's just the way it goes. And so like I'm just trying to like when this discussion came up last week, I was thinking like, man, that trip would have like had a huge wrench in it if it had all of a sudden gone from Sunday afternoon, it was a three o'clock kick to Thursday night. You know what I mean? Like the next year uh, in 2016, we went to Pittsburgh. Uh, that was the the Zeke walk-off game. Like, again, like, lots that went into that, all, all sorts of things, you know, that we planned and, and put together. And we started, you know, traveling with other people and, and other events um, that we added to kind of, you know, add to the experience and things like that as the years went on. And that would really, really, really suck. I mean, like, it, so, like, sometimes you can change your flight, right? Like, and it's not, you know, a, a cost. But what if you can't? What if the flight's full? Then you can't make it. What if you can't get off of work? You know what I mean? Then you can't go to the game or whatever. Like, that is such an L thing to do to fans. I think travel is already, at least for me, incredibly stressful. Even when things are like going <laughs> to, you know, a, like everything's going as according to plan. Like it's already a stressful experience, you know, and then add in any kind of wrenches in there. What game would you go to? Uh, if and let's say you and your dad, were going to like continue this tradition this year, which I don't know if you will or not, but I'm saying like, let's pretend you would. What Cowboys road game would you go to in 2023? And do you know the road teams or do you need me to pull them up? Because I have them here for you. 
I have them because and the uh, real answer really is the Eagles because the of the live mixtape podcast. But we're not gonna talk as it doesn't <laughs> count. We're talking about non NFC East edition as fitting with the podcast. So I think we should both play this game. Like what what is the best road game? Because maybe there are other people who are planning this sure. for themselves um in their own incense. So obviously um the Cowboys and Eagles both travel to their divisional rivals. Um the Cowboys are traveling to face the Panthers this season. Um and do, do, no, that's not the whole end. So hold up. To start, the the NFC East plays the NFC West and the AFC East in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cowboys wrote, and then so Cowboys are visiting the Panthers, where the Eagles are visiting the Bucks. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And Cowboys are visiting the uh, Cardinals, where the oh no, that's NFC West. Uh, Cowboys are visiting. Who's the other NFC team? Oh, that's the only one that they're visiting because they're hosting yeah, together. The floating. Um, so, right, right, right. Uh, Cowboys AFC road games are against the Chargers and Kellen Moore. Uh, there you in go. Buffalo and in and in Miami. Um, where what AFC East teams are? Oh, so that means the Chiefs are visiting Arrowhead. Probably not the trip if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, you mean the Eagles are visiting team. Arrowhead? That I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's probably not the one you want to go to if you're an Eagles fan, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but that one in theory East... be in Germany, so could the Patriots one for the Eagles? But it sounded like coming sure. out of the owners' meetings that there was not like full on like hard sourced reporting, but the sentiment seemed to be the Eagles will not be playing uh, in Germany. So, so Eagles are visiting the Patriots in the division, and who are the Eagles' road games outside of the NFCs? That's Eagles on the road outside of the NFCs. They'll be playing uh, in 2023 the Rams, the Patriots, the Jets, J E T E S, J E T E S, J E T. Wait, J E T E S? No, that's that's not how you spell Jets. Um, Jets, Seahawks, Chiefs, and Bucks. Those are all their road games. Who uh, are the AFC East ones? The Patriots the and the Jets Patriots that they're visiting, and the Jets, which you know, the, and then the and then the NFC West teams that they're visiting are the Rams and the Seahawks, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so the say... Cowboys are interest. Interestingly, the Cowboys are the exact opposite. Um, mm-hmm. so the Cowboys host the Rams and the Seahawks, and the Cowboys host the Patriots and the Jets. So right. of the divisions that the NFC East play, the Cowboys and Eagles are a complete opposite in terms of home and away. Does that make sense? Hmm. So, like, my point is, like, they won't visit the same teams at all this coming season um, outside of the divisional teams. Uh, so, okay, uh, away games to the Cowboys. Let's do this one first, and then we'll do Eagles first. This mm-hmm. was supposed to be a non-NFC East episode. Um, I Like, for me, so I said we started in 2014. We went to Chicago. In 2015, we went to Green Bay. 16, we went to Pittsburgh. Um, 17, we went to Oakland because we knew they were leaving, and so kind of wanted to get it done and see it. You know what I'm saying? That was the um, the index card game, which was super cool. Um, in 18, Illegal. we went to Atlanta. In 18, we went to Atlanta and Indianapolis. Um, and then in 19, we went to New England. And then obviously 2020. We, we were going to go to Baltimore in 2020. Um, mm. Obviously, when we had planned it ahead of time. But um, so I like the AFC venues just because it's much more rare that the Cowboys visit them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to go to Washington and FedEx Field or whatever. No. You know what I mean? Like they do that every year. It's not a big. I mean, that's a bad example. But uh, my like the one that jumps out to me is Buffalo. Some of that is like time contingent or, or scheduling contingent. I wouldn't want to go to Buffalo mm. in December, which is when the Cowboys visited there in 2015. Uh, but if Buffalo was in, you know, late October, early November, man, that would be incredible. I have really zero interest in going to LA to see the chargers. Like it just doesn't <laughs> appeal to me. My, Miami would be kind of cool. Um, I went and covered the Super Bowl there um, for SB nation a few years back. So I didn't go to the stadium, but kind of already been there seen, you know, that kind of done, my, my wife and I's honeymoon was in Florida too. So, um, whatever. San Francisco is kind of a corporate stadium now. So, like, mm. meh. Um, that's the Panthers, Arizona, maybe. Um, but Buffalo's the, the clubhouse leader for me. Like, it, it'd be tough to beat Buffalo, um, for me. And again, like, they're, they're probably going to be in a new stadium in eight years. You know what I'm saying? So, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, you know, and, and it would have to line up for the Cowboys and Bills to finish in the same place in the division when the Cowboys do visit the AFC East again uh, on the rotation. Um, so, yeah, I would love to go see their current stadium before it's maybe in a dome and they can close the roof or whatever. Like, I, like that's the thing. Like, I kind of would like to go when it's super cold and experience it. Like, it, it is part of the, like, ritual of being a football fan in my book. Unless I'm, yeah, I think the, the the Bills pick is the right one. You know, again, September too, maybe a late September game. Um for the Eagles away games, 
I'm trying to think. My mistake. I don't. I don't. I don't think the Eagles have played in SoFi Stadium. Um. So if if you know someone wanted to see that for the first time, they that's could true. Do, they could do that. It opened. It opened in 2020. So yeah. there have been three chances. I don't think they've and, played there. And the and this, where did the Eagles and Chargers play last year? Was that in Philly? Yeah, that was in Philly. And prior to that, it was in there like that soccer stadium they were in for a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think they played the Rams. Well, they played the Rams on the road in 2017 and 2018, but that was both, I think, at the Coliseum. So, uh, yeah, that yeah. was the Carson Wentz game, right? In 17? In 17. And then Foles um, beating them with the first game that Wentz missed after he got like hurt again, his back uh, in 2018. So. I mean, like, I do think SoFi is like kind of entering like a stadium you have to visit territory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it is this like elaborate thing, but it's not like deep and rich and rooted in NFL culture. Like that's that's where I want to want to. Yeah, and I don't know. I haven't been to LA, but I've heard a lot of people who have been to LA say that like you don't necessarily have to go to LA. (laughs) You're not like missing uh, a ton, a lot of traffic. I don't know, but um, I think that's one that stands out. And the other one, I guess the Seahawks. I think I think because I think Seattle is a cool city, and I've been there. And uh, yeah, I can't say the Chiefs because I don't think you want to do that. And, I mean, if you do, hey, good for you. But I don't want to do that. And then the Bucks. I mean, I don't. That doesn't feel really special at all to me. Especially like I don't think there's a lot of juice for that team right now. So um, I mean, who are they going to be playing? Baker Mayfield? Like I don't know. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to. It has to be either uh, L.A. or Seattle. And I think I'm going to say Seattle. Seattle's the place like awesome trip especially like if it's in that time of year that we talked about like late even late October you know like that's a great kind of vibe and the cool part like great food you know what I mean great part of the country go visit Starbucks whatever you want to do um (laughs) only in Seattle you can visit Starbucks this is what like is also a part of the like Thursday night football flex thing or whatever and I know it wouldn't apply to the time of year that we're talking about because it's only supposed to be from what like week 15 on but still like you know in in the event of that like what if you were like okay we're gonna go see the eagles play in seattle and the mariners are playing on third we're gonna get there thursday because the mariners have a game against the angels on thursday night and we want to see shohei pitch you know what i mean whatever like and and then like poof the game is now on thursday like your entire like overall weekend that you planned is now squashed and that sucks like i would really really hate that for any fan of any team that that had their plans changed like that so um, so we agree that Seattle is the ideal road trip destination for Philadelphia and that Buffalo is the ideal road trip destination for Dallas. Yeah. And then, you know, to round out the NFC East and our non-NFC East episode, I think the Giants have some good road trips here. They got Miami, San Fran, uh, Buffalo. Those are Dallas. Vegas. <laughs> we just, and uh, Vegas is the play. The Saints and the Saints too. New Orleans would be cool too. Um, yeah, it's Vegas, but like that's a pretty good. Right. Those like that's a, if you're t- t- naming their top five road destinations, like it's a pretty strong top five. Um, so there you go for Giants fans, and then for the Commanders, looking at them, um, it's similar to the Eagles, except they go to the the Falcons and they play the Broncos. So that's I'm gonna say Denver for the Commanders. I've never been to a a game like in denver stadium but i've toured it and um and and been to denver just on vacation super awesome like super super great super awesome vibe like absolutely highly recommend um like i said i toured the stadium and something that always stuck out to me about the tour was they took you like through the locker rooms and stuff the visiting locker room the floor is carpeted and it has like what i would describe as like it looks like like sprinkles from like a cupcake on it like all over the floor mm. um and it is apparently specifically designed to like create nausea like it's like an optical effect that that like you know discombobulates or, or like you know set like almost like induces vertigo like in the human mind um and so and then they, they like again so, some of this stuff is like cheeky or whatever it's like silly you know sports stuff when you walk out of the visiting locker room, there's like a big sign like pinned on the wall that says like you are 5,000 whatever feet above altitude. And the, like, again, the, oh the tour guide, well, the, the tour guide do? is the, the tour guide is obviously like gassing up like the Broncos. And so they're like, this yeah. is a reminder of of how different it is to play of here. How unfair high. and an advantage it is that Denver <laughs> has to play in a different altitude and other people have to adjust to that um yeah that was a good non it was kind of nfc east related um if here's a question um i don't know if these games will happen but if you could go see a non-nfc east game this year what would you want it to be like between which two teams 
you can pick a division rivalry so we know it will happen, or you can pick something and then we can check if that's actually happened. I think I've only been to one for NFL at least one non uh Eagles. Game. Yeah, Eagles matchup, and that was the Jets Texans. It was a really good game that I left early for. My dad had gotten tickets um through his work. Like the Jets were trying to MetLife was newer at this time, it's like 2012, and they're trying to get people to buy Jet season tickets, mm-hmm. so they're kind of giving away some games to kind of entice people. Um, and that was a fun experience. Um, so, okay, my question is, design it. Pick the two teams, tell us where you would want to see the game, what time of year, and what time slot you would mm-hmm. want the game to be in. Good question. I've been to like an NFL game as a fan, and yeah, probably since then, like, man, over 10 years. Um, I think I would want it to be don't want it to be too cold. I just don't, honestly. But I also don't want it to be hot. It can't be like an early September game. Some of these games you want it to be like a hoodie level warm. game. Like that's that's yeah, we're, the like we're talking about like early October ish, probably somewhere around there. Like cool, but not cold. Um, mid mid fifties to mid sixties type situation. Yeah, you're not freezing, but you know, a little bit chilly. You're not okay. sweating at all. Um probably hmm. Do you have an answer for this? Um well the last game. I think the only non-Cowboys game I've ever been to was Super Bowl 51, um, the 28-3 game. And obviously, that was epic. Um, yeah, but we're talking but, about, like, regular season, I feel like. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I mean, so, like, I'm personally crafting it around, like, teams I haven't seen. Mm. Um, so, like, I do think it'd be sick to go to Arrowhead um, and see, like... <laughs> well, like, it would... like. I want to see the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, I, like you, you want know, to see like, Patrick Mahomes refuse to lose in person. Oh man. Um, I, well, I'm kind of thinking about Cincinnati. Um, mm, okay. I would love to yeah. see, man. And I would want to see like a, like a contentious game, like, like Bengals Ravens almost, that... or like, I, I would kind of want the Steelers to get back and see the Steelers visit them. Um, and I would want it to be a, like Sunday night game. You know what I mean? Like actually Monday night game. Cause I want to spend Sunday in Cincinnati watching all the games in some like sort of sports bar situation. Um, and, and so Monday night football Steelers in Cincinnati, you get the whole weekend to kind of, you know, drive up to the game. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, if I've already been there, but if I hadn't, I would say Pittsburgh. I look, I don't know like where the like Keystone rivalry, whatever stuff falls, mm-hmm. but like that is one of the most fun trips I've ever had. Like super awesome area, super awesome city. I absolutely loved everything about my trip to Pittsburgh. I, I'm trying to account, account here for like, you know, actually if the team is good or interesting and like, would that be fun to watch? But <clears throat> um, uh, what was you just, Oh, the Bengals game. Uh, mm-hmm. against the bills last year which obviously got canceled because of um tamar hamlin but like man the crowd was juiced for that like that that i thought yeah. that was gonna be that that vibe is what i'm talking that about, was gonna exactly. be such an awesome game and I, I swear i'm not doing this as like a hindsight thing too like oh it's so much cooler like it was gonna be great and then you know this thing happened no like i remember in the moment i was like i was shocked i was like wow i didn't know like like the Bengals Bengals fans get so like fired up like this i mean that was that was crazy that like was an awesome atmosphere um so i think that's an interesting pick uh, I kind of woke up to the Bengals fan base a little bit uh, okay. when they had the um, the Vontez Burfick playoff game. Mm. You know what I'm talking about against the Steelers yes. when, when he like like that. It was <laughs> I mean, like that didn't go the Bengals way, but it was very clear in that moment. Uh, like, whoa, what a big shock. Like playoff atmosphere was a cool thing. But it still is very clear that like Cincinnati rocks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like in its own particular way, Cincinnati rocks. So I, I would like to see that. Um, I think even like Chicago would be like if the Bears were like thriving, it would be a cool vibe. So that that's a low. Bears are gonna have that new stadium. Too. That's true too. Um, so yeah, um, that's my answer. Um, wow, I'm really kind of killing it with the questions here. I don't know if you have, but you know, I don't think there's anywhere I'm like dying to go. I've never I've seen into like the Seahawks stadium because you can see that I think from like the Space Needle or different areas of uh, Seattle. But probably mm-hmm. it'd be actually cool to see a game there. But like, who would want to? I would say. Like Lambo, like you, like it was really cool. Yeah, um, that's just the low hanging fruit. Like that's obvious. But again, I'm trying to account for team, and I, I don't know if I want to watch the Packers <laughs> like without with Jordan Love. I don't know if like that's like super interesting to me. And who do I want to see him play? Um, who would I want to see the Seahawks play? Um, I don't know. Is there another? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't really care about the 49ers. Tons. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care about like a division game in the same way. Like maybe like maybe like the Lions in Seattle. Okay, yeah, that could that. be. They had a good. I think they had a good. Uh, yeah, I think that could be an interesting one. Uh, I was also thinking if I'm going AFC, maybe um, Vegas because obviously that would be. I've never been to Vegas. That could be interesting. I don't think, really think Vegas is my vibe, but you know, give it a chance. And I don't know. Watch uh, there. There, I would like to see maybe a divisional game like Chargers Raiders in Vegas. I don't know. That could be interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I've been to Vegas once. Um, I went right after I turned 21 with some friends, and it was the like, oh, we're 21, we can do all this stuff, like, you know, sort of trip. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to go see a game. I would love to like pick one. I brought up the like, uh, the Mariners thing. Like, I would love to set one up where I could go to like an MLB game or an NBA game or an NHL game. When I went to New England, actually, um, the Saturday night before, we went and saw a Bruins game, and that was super cool. Like, mm-hmm. I had never been to a hockey game at that point in time, and so that was really fun. Um, so that, like, I think all those things matter to me. Um, okay. Next question. If we, we don't have any actually, but like next question to make up for us to figure out if we move along. Actually, no, before we get to the next question, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon came up with 10 questions. Let's hear one of them. It's a lot of questions, and we don't have that much time left, but we can get through them all. I wanted to know, what are you watching? Like right now, or like this moment in time, or like generally? like It's open-ended. Uh, so behind you, uh, in my office, um, I have, um, I'm a Fubo customer, um, not an ad, but, uh, they, I've told you before they do, they have the, like the multi-view stuff. So I have the master's coverage from golf channel mm-hmm. as the big screen, like portion of it. I've got, um, I think it's the, why should someone watch Fubo. golf? What does this sell? Um, do you want me to answer that question too? Yeah. What's your I pitch, mean, your elevator pitch? My like favorite part about watching golf is I play a lot of golf, so it's really cool to be like, "Holy crap! How do they do that?" You know what I'm saying? Like it, it like I don't feel that same sensation with football. You know what I mean? Because I don't like go play football every day. Um, so it is like it, it is just like an an awe for me, like at how people of different body types are able to do the same sort of like powerful and delicate and intricate things all at once. And so um, if you are trying to get into golf, this is the week to do it. Like this is the Super Bowl of golf. Like this is the Masters. Um, And so, yeah, this is a good week for golf. So um, so I got the Masters going. I've got the re-air of Good Morning Football going on a smaller portion of the screen. And I've got MLB Network um, on a smaller portion of the screen. They just talked about the Phillies not having a, a win yet this season so I never played um, tennis um but I like if I was thinking about like what's you know like a kind of our one of our favorite sports outside of let's say you know the major four or five if you're including soccer in there professional sport leagues and yeah it's I think it's tennis for me I specifically you know I'm a big Rafa and Nadal fan um right. but I, I really do like just like watching tennis I don't I don't do it always as much as I might like want to or I'm not like the I'm not saying like oh I'm like a huge tennis and I didn't play it um but I like it it's, there's something about it that I think is really compelling and and fun um rugby also again not something I watch much at all but like watching rugby in person I think actually is really cool um even I don't even really care what level it is I'm not just talking about professional my cousin was playing for a little bit her just like you know some township league or whatever and I thought it was really fun and awesome and just so different um and and like like it's like 
really uh, weird to think about like the different strategies, especially because of how there are similarities to football, but it's you know distinctly different. Um, just the the comparison. So I don't know. I feel like I'd also love to play like a rugby video game. Maybe like that could be fun. And that's I, I feel like that's like just the best way to learn a sport in general is just like play the video game not perfect for everything but i feel like you know if you're looking to get into something i feel like that's like a good place to start it's definitely why i feel like like i like started to understand things about football when i was younger like you know because you see like names and teams and i don't know plays this this take has like been made a million times but like i do think there's like a kernel of truth at least to it like you know, call whatever, pick whatever young coach you want, like Mike McDaniel, like Kevin O'Connell. For whatever reason, Kevin O'Connell doesn't get lumped into the young coach category. But like Kevin Stefanski, I, I think Kevin Stefanski said this um, on part of my take. Maybe um, I thought I saw a clip of him. It was it's somebody talked about like how playing Madden truly was helpful. Like I remember the first time, um, like I did this on Madden. I was you know playing and I was down by 10 at that moment in time. And I was driving and it was like, I don't know, two minutes and 40 seconds left. And I kicked the field goal first. And my cousin was like watching me. He was like, why did you kick the field goal first? And I was like, well, I need 10 points. Like, <laughs> like, like I have to get both. You know what I mean? Like, and so like my, the enemy here is time. You know what I mean? It, it isn't like whatever. And so like, and I was able to like get, get a stop on defense and then go score the touchdown then one in overtime. But like, that was the first time I ever like, Big I'm not fights. saying I developed that, that strategy, but like that was the first time that strategy ever became like apparent to me. Um, and, and like, I think there are people who like, I don't want to say like older people and say whatever, but like that don't do things like this, that like it, it I think a good example of, of a debate that like would be helpful to understand by playing Madden is when a team is down by, um, when, when they're, when they score touchdowns so when they're down by 15 points and they score touchdowns, so they're now down nine and they don't go for two. And people are like, nope, you don't go for two or whatever. Like, well, it's like, no, you have to go for two. Because <laughs> you are, no, what is what is the example I'm thinking of when they're down by 15 points? Um, sorry. And they score a touchdown. So they score after the six points, they're down by eight. Right? What is it? What is it? Even by 14, I think, though, too, you still would want to do it. Well, 14 is a little bit more like aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's more. I'm trying to think of the example. Gosh, I'm, I'm butchering it here. Give me a second to pull up the. I mean, the reality is you should almost just always go for two. And for being honest, and or at least a lot more often than teams do, because it's two freaking yards. Like, have you ever seen um, it's the, the dichotomy between like football players, tough, you know, like, you know, masculine, like, you know, like, and then. Oh, you can't do something that is risky. Like, it's too so, that's, right, right. Like, what are you so, talking about? How do you go? The example from, like, I'm thinking of. We're tough. Just no, no one scares us to <laughs> like a two yard play. Oh, you can't go for that. What could, there's something could go wrong. <laughs> so the example I'm thinking of specifically is when a team is down by 15 points, um, and this did happen to the Cowboys, which is why I was like confusing it in my mind. If you're down by 15 points and you score a touchdown, so you're now down by nine, right? Like that's that's what has happened here. Um, but because of the six points you've scored, the logic is to go for two. Like if it's late in the game, it, you know, whatever. So the Cowboys were trailing the Falcons in the second week of 2020, 39 to 24. Um, they scored a touchdown to narrow it to 39 to 30 with four minutes and 57 seconds left. And I, re I remember this and the week after so vividly. Um, and this was the watermelon kick game, if you recall. Mm -hmm. And it was like, nope, you can't go for two. You because if if you kick the extra point, now you're down by eight. And so the logic is like, got to keep it a one possession game. It's like, okay, but what if you don't get the two point conversion in the future? You know what I'm saying? Like, you what what you have? The enemy isn't the two point conversion. The enemy is information. Like, you have to understand as soon as possible what the circumstances are, so you know how aggressive that you have to be. And the Cowboys didn't get that two point conversion, so they were down by nine, and they knew, oh, we still need to score twice right like if, if they had waited they wouldn't have known then they might not have had enough time to, to wind up winning like they did um, but my point is like I think those call them strategies become more apparent if you do play video games you know what I'm saying because you experience those things firsthand as opposed to living in the like nope you gotta you gotta keep it a one score game but you know because like an eight point deficit isn't necessarily a one score game you know what I'm saying like like you think it is in your mind because you've been trained and conditioned to think that but like the the two point conversion even the extra point is not a guarantee so you, you can't like people only assume it's a guarantee when they want to you know what I'm saying and and so whatever but um just to answer your original question on what I'm watching um <laughs> you uh you brought up tennis um what's the tennis show that they did uh, the 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 covering it you know what I'm talking about the, the drive to survive people they no. did a tennis version and then they did full swing for golf. Um, I finally started Drive to Survive. So uh, shout out to you, Michael Kist, who I've been annoying with questions about mm. it. Um, and 
I'm somebody who really likes epic things. And so like, like <laughs> I used to be obsessed with the world with the word epic. Um, wow. And so this I like surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I, I like um, like worldwide phenomenons. You know what I'm saying? So like F1 is cool in that it is this like worldwide phenomenon. I'm not like the most You're a follower. Yeah, we get it. Um, but it is super cool to see the like global impact that it has. And tennis for that matter, too. Um, and golf. So. I'm watching F1 and White Lotus simultaneously. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard really good things about White Lotus. Didn't want to talk too much about like shows in terms of spoilers. Um, I'm still working my way through Seinfeld. Uh, getting closer to the end. Really good show. Obviously, you've never heard of it. Um, also, uh, Mandalorian. I know. Um, and the Bad Batch, which like I like, but at the same time, <clears throat> I think I've talked about this before. Maybe the, and I think uh, I've stolen it from Rob Sesternino. Was it him who said it? Like the the Wikipedia entry fication of Star Wars, and like we need to like fill in every single gap. I think it's just not what, like, it's cool in some ways because there are some things that you definitely like wonder about that go unanswered, or, or I think in general, um, like looking at the Clone Wars or Rebels, I think that actually did fill in some of the gaps nicely, although those some of those series are like too long. But some of the stuff filled in the gaps nicely between the prequels, which I liked more than I think people generally did. Um, right. I, I don't think they are objectively like masterpieces, but like I, I enjoyed them, especially because um, you know, like my parents had their own Star Wars era, like and that was the original one. They grew up with that. For me, you know, I watched, I remember having like um the box uh the, you know the the, the what are those called again uh the vhs yeah, vhs's by the way by the way sorry really quickly Go i ahead. got a lot of comments on the rewinder oh um, yeah i meant to get to that. Uh, <laughs> i got a lot and a lot of people drag. said a lot of people said that it existed because it was a faster rewinder than vcrs which fine like i accept that that's the truth but I like people were like it took a VCR like eight minutes to rewind. I have no memory of that ever like being no. The case it took in my a long household. time. Definitely did. Okay. Well, then, then here's my question, Brandon. Like, okay, so you're a VCR manufacturer in 1994, mm -hmm. or whatever. Why not work together with the rewinder manufacturers and get their technology of rewinding inside your VCR? Well, I think there were some comments too about like it could kind of do damage to your rewinder or VCR or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. Don't okay, but you had uh, you had the prequel on VHS or the prequel trilogy. No, the, sorry, the, the originals. Age? You know, the originals gotcha. four, five, six, <clears throat> and uh, like you know that was always cool looking at those and rewatching those on TV. But then you know it was like a whole other thing. To I remember going to episode one like premiere night with my dad and like people were dressed up and it was like. You know, like that wasn't like a something like you really saw, at least like so commonly, at least when I was like only, I don't know, 10 years old or, or around there. So um, so definitely like getting your own experience that that probably, you know, the, the nostalgia for that definitely boosts those up in my eyes. But getting back to the point, like I think the Clone Wars and that definitely added to the like looking back on those prequels. Now it kind of fills in some of those gaps and makes me like appreciate some characters more or kind of understand things a little bit more like why things were happening a certain way um so that's that's can be interesting i'm not saying that there's no value but i think sometimes and this isn't just limited to star wars this is limited my other biggest issue like i i'm a completionist i think people who know me know that about me like i don't give up on shows or things typically the one exception to that is The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is like the Dude. one show I just I yeah, quit. Yeah. I quit that show. And that says a lot to me, not about me, but about that show. Because it's just like it's just going nowhere, man. You're just spinning your wheels. Like there's just no there's no vision here. It's just like we're just gonna keep making episodes with no end in sight. And it's like, okay, like then I'm out because hey, I can't do this. What is the greater plan here? And then they had like Fear the Walking Dead too. It's like this is too and then they had the the Talking Dead, the app, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much zombies. It's too much. It was just way I too agree. much. I agree. It was great. Um, like the last parts where I remember being like riveted um, were when the governor was involved in yeah. The Walking Dead. Like that That was like peak epic. Yeah, like, it was good a, for appointment a time television. Clear. I'm not saying it was all You're, trash, but yeah. Right. Um, so like a similar effect to me, like there there is um, like oversaturation to a degree, like I guess what you're saying, like with Walking Dead, um, the show Arrow was super cool. You ever get into Arrow? With uh, Oliver Queen? Yeah. Yeah. But I think I had to quit okay. that for similar reasons. I feel like it was getting too Well, that's what I'm saying. So like 
Arrow got really cool. All right. Super into it. And then like all of a sudden, like you blink and like now all the friends are like crime fighters. You know, it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm willing to spend reality a little bit here. And then the flash comes along. Okay, cool. Like, this is awesome. Like you're connecting these two things and whatever. And so like this, I feel, I don't want to say comfortable spoiling, but it's been long enough. So like a big premise of the flash is like visiting other like alternate universes or whatever. Right. And the first time that this ever happens, it's like, it requires the flash to like, you know, overexert his like body and like almost like die as a result of the like physical exertion and then like in the in future seasons they're doing it like you know like it's like get, going up to get a cup of coffee it's like wait a minute like last time you did this it was like the most strenuous thing you ever did and now you can just like flip a switch and do it but beyond that what got exhausting about that was you had to watch those shows you had to watch like that week's episode of arrow and then that week's episode of the flash and then the next week's episode of arrow and then the next week's episode of the flash mm. so you had to be like constantly like alternating that was very difficult comes homework. That's why I, right that, and that's like so to your point about star wars it's flirting with that mm. it's getting a little close you know <laughs> like let's dial it back in i like some dots getting connected i loved rogue one as an example like rogue one was super cool marry the two trilogies together i like that yeah. a lot uh, Andor. uh did you ever finish Andor? i did yeah super great you know what i mean like in I that, but like some of this stuff is a little bit too much for me um so we'll see how it goes i mean mandalorian still riding strong yes we'll see how it goes um but like, um it's but yeah. just i think book of boba was a flop and it's just like didn't oh, need that yeah. and and it was and it, the the best parts when it was actually just became the mandalorian at right. one point during <laughs> the season um, uh and then like but i guess like my point with the bad batch too which i thought okay have a season of that but do we need like two we need multiple we really need like right. multiple seasons of this that's that's my thing i guess like and or great um, well, I mean, it's only one season so far. I don't know if they'll do more in the future. But my point is, like, we don't they, always need. They are doing more. Okay, which and maybe that'll work out. But we don't always need multiple seasons. I think it's okay to do like a, like a one season series show. And maybe that's harder for logistical reasons and paying people. I don't know. That's you know beyond me. Um, but I just think we need to. There need to be. I hope there are people kind of like checking this. You know, a little bit. Like to your point. Like let's you know let's make sure we're not just like yes to everything. Let's just do everything. No, that's not. I don't think that's how you make good stuff is just being like, we'll just keep putting out episodes and, and filling in these gaps. And, and some of the, just even within some of the star Wars things, like um, in solo where like they reveal how Han Solo got his name. That is like one of the worst moments in cinematic history to me, because it's just like, it was just so like fourth wall breaking to the point of not like I like trying to be, where it, you might, it might have almost well have just in my eyes like looked into the camera at that point and like <laughs> winked at the audience because it was like that like just like okay like i get it um well to your point we don't we don't need a whole movie to tell us why his name is han solo yeah <laughs> like you know what i mean like you we can just we can all understand that's who his name is um so like, or leave it does... some stuff to the audience like leave the mystery there and obviously for people who really want to get into the lore and stuff there's like books and other materials but you don't have to like hold our hand the entire way all the time did you watch the Obi-Wan show? I did. And also, again, was not the... Well, so, I can't even okay. remember it, honestly. I remember the first episode or two were, like, really slow. And then it got better. But I don't... I don't. I just didn't need it. I don't need this. I'm going to zoom through it, like, a take really quickly. And so, if you haven't seen Obi-Wan and you want to, this is your warning. I'm going to start talking about it in Five, 20 seconds. Five, four, so, three, oh, that's fine. two, one. So, the final episode, Obi-Wan and Anakin have this, like, duel, so to speak, right? Like, whatever. And at this point in time, Obi-Wan has learned and, and the like the timing of this takes place, um, I guess, in between trilogies. Right. Um, and so Obi-Wan has learned that Anakin is like Vader and he's like destroying the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And then he fights him and he wins the fight and then he just like leaves him be right. Like so like how is this? How does that make sense? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're Obi-Wan and you understand, like, this is the dude who's, like, destroying the entire galaxy. Like, how do you let him live? Like, that was the question I had. And I remember, like, reading, like, comments and things like that. Like, and so that's the problem when you're doing these shows where you're painted into a corner with what the ending. Because mm -hmm. obviously, like, Anakin has to survive this for the sake of the, like, other trilogy. So, like, why do this? Like, why even have them fight? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like Obi-Wan in that scenario would not let Anakin live because he would be looking out for the state of the galaxy. So, like. That was like, a, a, again, like you have to answer common sense in these things. So like, do they not have like Brandon and I will be your focus group, Star Wars. Let us watch the stuff and we'll just tell you the stuff about it that sucks. Prequels, I think, are yeah some of that and some of like you can only do so much because we know how it ends at some level. It's almost like you go to uh, some levels of wrestling 
you know, especially if you go to like a WWE or whatever, whatever, whatever promotion, AEW, like house show, like the ones that aren't televised, but the wrestlers are wrestling. And I went to those, like, that was like the first wrestling thing I ever went to when I was little. Like, you know, like, oh, this is a world heavyweight championship. Yeah, but it's obviously the title's not going to change because it's not even being televised. I mean, you know, if that matches on Raw or SmackDown, let's say, like, which are televised, still probably not changing. But in theory, like, there's a chance. There's some kind of chance it could happen. But if you're going to it and it's not even televised, then obviously it's not changing hands. Um, so, you know, I, like, not even having that remote possibility of like you know not knowing what happens definitely is a factor and I, and I think it becomes a little bit um like exploity when it comes to these companies like trying to uh like extend the life of their shows oh we'll just do a prequel stuff we'll just go back before yeah. everything started and I think it kind of becomes a little cheapened in some ways not to say that there's never been a good prequel um I just talked about how I like the Star Wars prequels Pre- prequels become cheap like are cheap in the experience and so do like where the Marvels I'm not like I'm not like deep in all this lore but like so like okay like anyone can be alive again right like all we have to do is like go to a different universe and like any character can like be in that universe you know what I'm saying like it's it kind of does like, what they're doing to me right like <laughs> um you know th- there's no like consequence uh for whatever mm-hmm. um so last thing on this subject and then um i have a football question and we can kind of end here um just very quickly on white lotus i think you know that it's written and produced and directed by mike white yep. from survivor so um yeah it's interesting um you know i will say um are you a succession fan i've not seen it it's super cool to have a show because it's the second episode just aired of the final season that is like this is so much more rare than it used to be like i I remember like when game of thrones was on like it was like boom sunday night like everybody's watching game of thrones i can't wait to talk about television is what you're looking for right that's what i said about um what did you talk about that i oh it was the walking dead was like that at first um and so like it like i can't think of the last show to to have this effect before succession yeah i've not seen it was hbo yeah yeah i don't have hbo i have i disney plus and um peacock and uh netflix are the oh you know what i was going to tell you actually on the subject of peacock you liked the you haven't have you watched the new mole because i know you were going to watch the new mole i'm not yet but i love the original mole yeah right um check out traders traders it is the mole to a different degree Hmm. and it has a lot of um former survivor big brother players too like i think you will really enjoy this was sari um, on this or she was okay she yes was. i've heard good things Sur- about sari and i'm trying to remember who the other survivor contestants were uh, um, i am interested speaking of peacock i'm in, in wrestling i meant to bring up that i watched wrestlemania over this weekend i'm not like okay, this um, is our last non-football thing this biggest... is another epic thing though like i'm not a wrestling fan but i do appreciate the like epicness associated with events like this oh yeah it's the, it's this it's the super bowl of wrestling right. it's like a huge event and i feel like even if you don't really watch wrestling at all but have at some point in your life then you'll probably like know enough to not maybe not know about every single match but if you watch like you know a, a good portion of the card you'll be like oh i know who that person is or kind of have seen them on social media or something like you'll have a general understanding and you know some of the matches are just really good entertaining um so you know i i I try to watch like the royal rumble each year or at least like look back to the highlights because again that's that's something where like you could have watched wrestling when you're a kid and this guy who hadn't even been involved with the company until then like shows up because anyone can show up in theory it's kind of fun it's random um but also wrestlemania which is kind of, you know, the culmination of the Royal Rumble in one way, because the winner of that match then goes to play, uh, compete at WrestleMania. And, um, yeah, so I was watching that, and it's kind of crazy how that's evolved. Like, again, we're talking about content. It's it's two nights now. It's been two nights for a while now, but it's two nights, and they're like four or five hours each. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the first night, to me, was better than the second night. Um, but it's going to be in Philly next year, so I'm thinking about going. I might want to go to that, because uh, that's not at even the link? something... Is that- yeah, at the link. Is that what it is? Okay. It's it's not even something I had like ever even thought about doing. Like I don't really care that like I could and I was like, I don't I could take or leave going to WrestleMania, but like it was coming here and I'm like, maybe I should go. Maybe I should go to that. You should. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go. And uh I guess it's kind of tough because not tough, but like it's just a matter of figuring out which night to go to. Because I think one night might be better than the other, figure out which night to go to. Um well you but, just said night one's better. So but yeah. But also it, it happens at a good time of year for me, I guess, because you know, again, we're in a this dead zone kind of time so where yeah, welcome to the non-NFC East episode of the NFC East mixtape. I mean, that's yeah. who's your favorite wrestler? Did you wow. ever have a favorite wrestler? Did you ever watch it? Um 
I'm not that's like a big sort of pop culture gap for me. Like I I could yeah, tell you, you know, like the like name of a wrestler. I mean, I could tell you like like John Cena. Uh, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. um The Undertaker Hulk Hogan. Maybe. Like I mean, like I'm I'm talking like I'm I'm embarrassingly shallow in this world. Um so I mean the rock, I don't know. The, the uh I don't know. Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's yeah. my pick. I don't know. I have based on absolutely nothing. Um wow. Who's your favorite golfer? Um I don't know. <laughs> I can name some. I just don't like I don't think I really Who can you have... name? I'm curious. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, <laughs> Jordan Spieth, uh Rory McRory, right? Rory, what's his name? Rory McElroy. McElroy. I was gonna say McElroy. Um so go ahead and then I'll tell you Roy. John Daly, we'll get right? to the football. That's right. John Daly Cowboys fan. Oh, tough. Didn't know that. Uh that's probably about it, I guess. So um there was a tennis version of Drive to Survive, and there was a golf one um called Full Swing. Um and I you know, flew through the golf on my wife and I just, I think within like one weekend, we got through it all um, in the final episode, which took place at the, um, at the tour championship, um, which is in September. Um, there was a scene where Roy, Roy was kind of, um, I'm sure you're aware of the, like, uh, I don't say political, but the, like the war between golf leagues right now uh, and everything. So this was like a big theme of, of the season of the, of the show as well, obviously and, and last year's golf season and, and even the current state of golf, whatever. But so Rory was kind of like poking fun in a jovial way um, at, at a few different people and, and was kind of like getting stretched out before this tournament. And he was like making fun of somebody. I, I, the, I, the actual context is lost on me in this moment, but he brought up, he said, like he was obviously meaning to hurt. He was like, "When was the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl?" And I was like, mm. "What the hell, man!" Like I, like I was just trying to watch a golf documentary and enjoy it. And Roy's out here taking shots. So um, maybe Roy's your favorite for that. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I really have one. He's from Ireland. Would you like to visit Ireland? Yeah, I would. I've I've been wanting to go there. Yes, at some point. Like not you know, it's not like the top of my uh, priority, but it's definitely somewhere I would like to go one day. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, maybe we do a live NFC's mixtape in Ireland. Who knows? Mm, probably not. <laughs> Kissed. Good on it. Uh, but okay. My final thing. It's a football question. Um, and obviously next week we'll be getting a little bit closer to the draft and kind of maybe zeroing on on in on a certain things, owning in on things. Because um, I have an answer. Maybe you don't. What is something you have maybe not changed your mind about with regards to what you do or do not want for the Eagles? But mm. maybe something you're starting to be like. You know, I disagree with even like the February version of myself on this because that I, I have something that I'm I'm like kind of coming around on that I I would I was impossible a few months. Why ago. don't you tell me what that is? I am still not a fan in general of the Cowboys, say drafting Bijan Robinson, mm-hmm. but like I've allowed the door for that to be open <laughs> in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like like before, it was like I had it shut with like the deadbolt on. You know what I'm saying like the door is like creaked cracked open um but the more specifically the idea of taking a tight end in the first round um and and a lot of that is 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 a result of what they've done to this point in the offseason and specifically trading for brandon cooks um and and a lot of that too is like you know projecting what is going to be available to them um and so like marrying the idea of the best possible things etc etc um so if they walk away with dalton kincaid or michael mayer um, and you add that to an offense that has C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup, and Tony Pollard, like, I, I can get down with that a lot more than I thought I would be able to mm. um, when the draft process kind of first began. Okay, yeah, strong tight end class. Um, uh, the, on the B. John Robinson point, and I, you know, he's obviously a topic of conversation with the Eagles having the 10th overall pick, and should the Eagles take him there? I mean, again kind of buzz coming out of the combine is that is not something to count on uh, and shouldn't be shocking. The way I've talked about it is that like, I think the Eagles looking at that pick, like, you know, they, they want the ceiling to be, Hey, this player can be here for the next 10 years. They want it to be like Fletcher Cox or Brandon Grant or Jason. Kelsey well, duh. Who, who doesn't Jones. like who's, who's, who's got a top 10 pick. That's like, you know, we're cool. If this guy doesn't sign a second contract with us, like who thinks that? 
well, I mean, some teams that take running backs because that's just not likely. That's just not a realistic ceiling. I mean, look at Z, like, it's just not, that's not really like how did that, where's the path to that? That is, there's no like real template, especially in today's NFL for that happening. So I just, that's my point. Like, I don't think you're going to see, it's not just about, well, cause I think people argue like, Hey, it doesn't, the long term doesn't necessarily matter as much. The team is so good now and they have this window and it, and look, I get it. Like it would be awesome. And to your point about the Cowboys, like, there's definitely short-term fun to think about there. It's like, you know, ordering like five pizzas and like, and like, you know, is this the healthiest meal? Is this going to sustain me? Is this going to be good? No, but like, is a lot of fun. Yeah. So I get that, you know, more than one thing can be true. As I like to say, by the way, I think my favorite golfer, uh, because I can't really pick one. I'm looking at the list of like the best golfers ever. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go Arnold Palmer. And uh, I know nothing about. Have you had really... it? Have you had an Arnold Palmer before? That's, that's the only reason I'm doing it because yeah, you know, like a, a mix of uh, lemonade and iced tea. I think that's a good mix. So just for that reason okay, alone, so... I'm going to say Arnold Palmer. So you're aware he's referred to as the king of golf. So you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he's like really good. My favorite football player is Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I don't know anything about. Like, <laughs> what mean, else am I going to? I'm looking through the list. I don't. My know favorite anything. basketball player is Michael Jordan. For no honestly, reason. I don't even care Sorry. if he was good or not. I just like the the idea of the drink, the Arnold Palmer. So that's why he's my favorite. Um, I don't know if he's like bad politics or anything. I don't I have nothing. Know nothing about him in detail other than that. Uh, as a disclaimer. Uh, what was the other question? What were we talking about? What is the thing you've changed your mind on? The, or Eagles? started to, you know, change your mind a bit or whatever? Um, I guess I was thinking, you know, um, been thinking a lot, like, you know, there's just this inevitable step back. And I still, like, I don't disagree with that at all. But, uh, you know, they, they do have a lot of things going for them still. And, like, they're going to be, I think, you know, like a playoff team at the very least. So... And I believe in Jalen Hurts a lot, which, you know, is obviously a big turn from where I was at one point in time. And certainly at this point last year, I don't think it should, you know, mean, oh, these are definitely getting back to the Super Bowl. But I also don't want to swing too far in the direction of they have no chance. I think that's not fair to the players who still are here and and the offense still being largely intact. Um, I think, again, I, I tend to be of the mindset that you go to a championship game and you have that feeling in your head that like, oh, this is we're just going to get back. We're going to pick it. You've always talked about that. Like you're just going to pick up from where you left off. And I think a lot of teams go wrong in thinking that. Um, so I'm worried of that. But I think, and I've said this even when I was pretty uh, in despair about the Eagles season finishing and or ending like it did, that, you know, get me to late August in training camp and assuming training camp doesn't, you know, end up being like a disaster with people getting hurt and everything and Hurts not looking good, then, you know, I'm going to talk myself into the team being really good again. Not as good as last year, but still pretty good. And one of the best teams in the NFL. And I even saw a thing today, uh, like, of teams with the, like, um, I guess, uh, it's like a, an, an, like the most, like, analytical, I guess, bet on on, on uh, prop bets and everything. They're not prop bets. Um, you know, like, future odds and everything. And he was, like, you know, towards the top of that list. It's actually the 49ers at the top, and it was the Cardinals at the bottom. I think the Eagles were like third or fourth. Like they're still one of the very best teams in the NFL. So they've got that going for them. So what is it that you've changed your mind on that like the regression won't be as hard, I guess? Again, I don't, I'm not saying there won't be a drop off. I'm just saying like, even with the drop off, they were so good last year that even with a drop off, like still a pretty good football. Team. No, but I, I'm just asking, what is the thing you've changed your mind? Like, I, I'm not understanding. I get, I understand what your point is, but I don't understand where your I mind think is. Just the, the exhaustion of like having to climb back the mountain again was just not, I wasn't even like ready to think like that they're going to be anything. Not like, not that I'm saying like, they're doomed, but just because like, like it, it was just it was just hard to think about anything relating to next season. Whereas now so was more. If of a, I have to, if I have to like tie your point into a bow or tie, it's like that you're more optimistic now. I guess, or you're less pessimistic. I think it's just about reaching a point where uh, I'm willing to get hurt again. Nice. Okay, let's get out of here. And as we do, Brandon is going to tell everyone. Um, my social security number it is <laughs> eight six um, seven. You're going to tell everyone, um, since you said you were a completionist, the show that you finished begrudgingly. 
that, that was dropping off in quality, but you finished because you're a completionist. Because I had to do it. Um, right. And then hmm. we leave. I think weeds maybe comes to mind. That's the answer. I mean, Dexter had a terrible ending, but I still nah. liked it until the ending. I think I, another good answer would be like, Hi, your mother. I was just watching the the finale of that. That's funny you bring that up recently because it's been so long and I just wanted to remind been, myself. It's been 10 years since the finale. Very sudden turn at the end there. It, actually, I would disagree. It was an like a year long turn. Like, <laughs> it was, no, it was I like, mean, um, like, a, a certain plot point. It was a very big turn. All right. Three words. Go. One, two, three. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Profji Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.